This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> so I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. A special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding uh, so they can help themselves and their families as the best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured. Brad, Sean Bryant. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you, as always, by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had author Vince Wilson on the show, talking about weird uses for cats in his new book about weird history. Next on the Best of... Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest, Weird and Unusual History, uh, making a ra- making a radio out of a cat, yeah. spy bats, and more. Uh, Vince Wilson with us. Vince, how are you? I'm all right. How you doing? I'm not too bad. I never realized that I could, I could do a morning show out of a cat. I didn't know that. <laughs> the radio cat. So, Vince, where do we start? Because uh, I tell you, I, I've been told... Uh, 
you're a hell of a guest, so I can't wait to hear some of the stories. Vince Wilson has always been interested in science and history and the unexplained since as far back as he can remember. A hypnotist and futurist joined the American Institute of Parapsychology. Wilson is the author of Ghost Tech and Ghost Science. So, yeah, we like tech, we like science, we like ghosts, so we're in a good spot here, Vince. <laughs> well, thank you for having uh, having me on. I'm glad I was able to be on here in, with such short notice. Um, but, uh, yeah, I had a conversation a little while ago um, with Dave Schrader, and the topic started coming up of weird history. You know, and there's a lot of history, of course, and there's a lot of weird history out there. You just, you can't, um, get around that. You know, things of an unusual nature happen. And it's, it's crazy when you think about it. Of course, we, you, you talk about the paranormal a lot. You know, I talk about the paranormal a lot. And, but that's a very debatable topic, you know, with the theories, the application, is it real, is it true? Are they lying? Are they hallucinating? All those sorts of things have to be taken into account. However, there's things that are crazy, strange, unusual, and 100% real, undebatable history. So I was wondering, where would you like to start? Would you like to start with the human Z, um, the acoustic kitty, or the bat bomb? I definitely want to hear about the acoustic kitty. <laughs> My yeah. wife wants to hear about the acoustic kitty. <laughs> you said the human Z? No, she said she wants to hear the, the, the acoustic kitty. Acoustic kitty, kitty yes. Oh, acoustic kitty. Okay, excellent. Okay. All right, so <clears throat> during the Cold War, there was lots of attempts uh, from both sides to spy on the other, obviously. A lot of uh, amazing technology that we take for granted today came out of Cold War technological development. All right? Um, cell phones, mobile phones, you know, um, the the Internet, you know, all these things were developed due to military funding. Um, some of them, you know, seem, you know, if you research some of that, you'll find out it, it seems, you know, altruistic. You know, oh, we got to share data between colleges and universities. Well, mm-hmm. you know, where do you think that money came from? <laughs> you know, um, the military, the U.S. government, also the KGB, you know, the, the USSR, China, and our, uh, you know, and our enemies at the time, some of them still borderline enemies today. All right. And one of the most um, amazing and horrible <laughs> technologies that were developed were, was acoustic hitting. <laughs> All right? It was a CAI, CIA project um, launched by the, um, the CIA's Directorate of Science and Technology. The 1960s intended to use tax to spy on Kremlin and Soviet embassies. Now, they were thinking about other animals. They had considered... Uh, dogs and squirrels and birds. And the problem with those are it would just seem too unusual for these animals to be at a Soviet embassy. Even the dogs. You know, like why would it why would you let a dog that's gonna, you know, uh, a wild dog into your embassy? But a cat on the other hand, a cat seems innocuous enough. Hmm. All right. I'm saying so what could what go wrong. We'll get there. It does go wrong. <laughs> so so the, the people, they had been experimenting with the idea of operating directly 
on the human ear. Uh, that, you know, if they're using uh, medical technology and science at the time used for uh, helping and possibly even curing the death. All right. And they had researched animal ear, to, you know, biology uh, to see if they could affect that. And they were able to wire and implant. And no, the cat, believe it or not, did not, did not suffer through this, although uh, PETA certainly would not have approved no. of this project, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they had uh, put the cat, you know, under, as they say, uh, and surgically implanted a device into the cat's ear canal and then wired it all the way down from the base of the back of the head, you know that little fatty spot, the part you would pick up the kittens with? Yes. All right? The, the, the majority of electronics were implanted there, and they ran the rest of it down the spinal cord to the tip of the tail oh. in a long in, uh, surgical implant. The tail was used, believe it or not, can you guess, as the microphone? an antenna. Okay. That's right, of course. Okay. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. The cat's tail was an antenna, all right? So the mission was to eavesdrop on, you know, the, the first attempt of it. It was to eavesdrop on two men in a park outside the Soviet compound in, on, on Wisconsin Avenue in Washington, D.C. The cat was released nearby, all right? <laughs> so they had trained the cat to try to uh, acclimate to humans very easily that they could, you know, point to it, but... The problem with that is the word training a cat. Yeah. <laughs> As you can imagine, that is something that any cat owner will tell you is implausible. The only thing they are trained, they can ever be trained to do is acknowledge the fact that their food is being opened. Exactly. All right? <laughs> so, or where the litter box is and where it's time to go to the bathroom. Right. All right? Um, but that's about it. So, according, there's two versions of the story. All right. The the first version is this: the, the cat was really aimed at the two people across the street having a conversation. Everything was on. the The CIA agents were in a van nearby with all the electronic equipment that the 1960s had to offer. The cat <laughs> was pushed out into this, you know, into the road to go across the street to spy on these two men. And in one version of the story, it was unfortunately the most likely and common version of the story, the cat was immediately hit by a taxi cat. Well, yeah, you throw a cat in the road. What's yeah. going to happen? Like I said, what could go wrong? That's right. That cat went flat. <laughs> that cat went flat. That's right. That's... Yeah, so however, however, there was a person who was part of this project. And yes, the project's official file name, Acoustic Kitty. Oh, my All right? God. And the how much did this cost? The project was until 1967, and one person associated with it said the equipment was taken out of the cat. And this is uh, Robert Wallace who said this, who was the former director of the CIA Office of Technical Service. Said the equipment was taken out of the cat. The cat was re for a second time and lived a long, happy life afterwards. You know, but some people think 
are yeah. pretty sure that it's actually just a nice little spin on a horrible, yeah. terrible idea. <laughs> so this had to like go to a committee and, and have a budget, and people had to say, yep, good yeah. idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's what is amazing more yeah. than anything yep. to me. Yeah. Yeah, well, think of the mentality that get movies that get terrible movies made. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, and that is probably what you're dealing with here. The Hollywood can, and the CIA should probably, you know, brainstorm at one point and try to work out their problem. Oh, you know? yeah. so, or just bring a person yeah, in. But yeah, lots of things sense. have gone through development stages, passed through every level of hierarchy that that agency has, and still, someone said, "Let's do that." Yeah. All right, that's a good idea, you know, and that probably is a good way of segueing into the bat bomb. Sorry, <laughs> so, I like it. I like you know, it. Okay, so you know, it's, it's another thing that reminds you of that old adage: never work with children and animals. Fortunately, I don't have any children stories that they really wired or put explosives into oh, children. Thank God. You know, but maybe that hasn't been declassified yet. Anyway, uh, the. Uh, the bat bomb. The bat bombs were an experimental World War II weapon developed by the United States. The bomb is consistent. I'm just reading this directly from a uh, something I found on the internet because it's an easy description. The bomb consisted of a bomb-shaped casing with over a thousand components, each containing a hibernating Mexican free-tailed bat with a small time incendiary bomb attached. Drop from a bomb at dawn, the crashing would deploy a parachute in mid-flight and open to release the bat, which would then disperse and roast, roost, I'm sorry, roost in eaves and attics in a 20 to 40 mile radius. Well, first they'd roost, then they'd roast. Would, yeah. What's that? First they'd roost, yeah, then they'd, they'd roast. They roost. That's right. The series I were catching on were set on timers when they ignite and start fires in inaccessible places in the largely wood and paper construction of the Japanese cities that were the weapons intended targets. So this was a World War II weapon. Oh my God. Now it gets better. <laughs> so, now so it gets better. Yeah, yeah. So who came up with this idea? Who was the, the person who developed this? Was it a biologist, an expert on bats perhaps? Or was it conceived by a Pennsylvania dentist named Lintel S. Adams, a friend of First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt? I'm guessing the dentist. <laughs> that is actually who developed the idea of the bat bomb, a dentist from Pennsylvania. Wow. Adams submitted to the White House in January 1944, 1942, where it was subsequently approved by President Roosevelt, oh. Roosevelt on the advice of Donald Griffith, God. another advisor. Uh, yeah, so, so yes. Now, here's what's interesting about this. As crazy as this is, the bat bomb worked, okay? Whoa. Now, it took two years, of, uh, I'm sorry, three years of development from the point it was approved by Roosevelt in 1942 until it was actually ready to be deployed. So the bat, during one of its initial testing phases, the um, some of the bats came out of hibernation too quickly. What they were trying to find is the balance between cooling them down, which would cause hibernation, mm. and warming them up, which would awaken them. Okay. One of their tests awakened them too early. The bats, which had the incendiary devices attached. Now, remember, this is, this is before their miniaturized remote controls. So these had 
essentially mechanical switches, you know, timers on them. Once they were released, that was it. They were going to catch on fire at some point. <laughs> so, um, so the bats escaped and flew into a hangar at the military base. They were testing the bat. There we go. And, and of course, the timer went off, and and that hangar exploded because it had munitions in it. It caught on fire and then blew up. It was no one was injured, thank goodness, but it also set on fire a general's car, um, and. According to the documents, and because this was considered top secret at the time, the base commander was not allowed to know what caused the hangar to burn up. They were just told it, it was an experiment; it's top secret; it's above your pay grade, basically. Uh, it, we only know about this decades later when the information was finally released to the general public. Yeah. So the bat bomb, the idea was because most Japanese houses were paper and wood, it mm-hmm. would be released from the air. Um, it would, it would, a parachute would uh, retract in the back, slowing it down. It would tie all these mechanisms over a thousand parts and pieces inside the bomb. Would release the previously hibernating bats, wake, wake them up, and send them forth into the Japanese cities. However, <laughs> there, the reason you never heard about this ending the war <laughs> or being deployed is because that when it was ready, it was already 1945. Wow. Ooh. The bomb. That's right. Mm-hmm. So Much the, uh, the bomb. bat bomb was never tested. That's right. The bat bomb was never tested in the field because they had already used the two atomic bombs of Japan, which ended the war. God, what a story. Vince, you're full, uh, from That's- what I understand, you're full of stories, man. This is great. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on today. So the, the other story I pulled out for you. Now, this is a okay. a controversial story, obviously. And All right. Um, and there's there's a lot of this is the one that is more more theory than actual um, reality. Okay. Some people claim that this was done, that these experiments were carried out in, in uh, the. And this was a KGB-funded experiment. I already did two U.S.-funded experiments. So I thought it was important that we kind of cover, um, you know, one of our enemies at the time. All right? Okay. It is a controversial topic, to say the least. Is it possible that scientists had actually done this? There have been reports in China that successful experiments in this regard to build an army of super soldiers, for lack of a better term, an army of hybrid, uh, I don't know how you would put this, creatures, you know, that walked on two legs, that their genetics were only half human, the other half, of course, being chimpanzees. (laughs) What? Okay, chimps that and men. So, so we're going backwards here. There, there have been two reported cases of attempts by two actual world governments, major superpowers, no less, attempting to hybridize, hybridize humans and chimpanzees. Or in some cases, before you know, this is some of these tests took place decades before 
we understood chromosomes and DNA the way we do today. But as you know, or may not know, chimpanzees share 95% of human DNA. Right. All right. The uh, Bobondo or um, uh, what is it? The uh, uh, it's a miniature. It's, like, it's considered a um, I forget the term for it. But anyway, it's a smaller chimpanzee, and that has 97% human D- DNA match in its chromosomes, its DNA, all right? So um, the first reported attempt at this was by uh, Ilya Ivanovich Ivanovov. was the first person was. to attempt to create human-chimp <laughs> hybrid by artificial insemination. He outlined his idea as early as 1910 in a presentation to the World Congress of Zoologists wow. and, and Graz, all right? In the 1920s, Ivanovich carried out a series of experiments culminating in disseminating three female chimpanzees with human sperm, but he failed to achieve pregnancy, all right? He then moved on to human female volunteers. What? Oh, so God. <laughs> That's right. Um, he, he, he was able to cross out 34 inseminations. Six resulted in pregnancies, only one of which what? ended in successful birth of a camera, the cross between a male uh, guanaco, female. Uh, so, so, yeah, so there's, <laughs> there's, uh, it didn't result in a birth, thank goodness, right? Um, but the, his experiments were delayed by the death of his last orangutan. Um, but, you know, apparently he had other animals, but for some reason, the death of orangutan really upset him. Uh, the next year, he fell under political criticism, for obvious reasons, from the Soviet government and was sentenced to exile in Kazakh's SSR. He worked there at Kazakh, the Veterinarian Zootechnical Institute, and died of a stroke two years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there, so there's rumors. That in the seventies, in the seventies, that China itself had been working on similar experiments to create a um, a hominid, you know, hybrid, you know, of ape and human through artificial insemination, and perhaps even later on with the advent of DNA technology, increasing cloning being available crossing those in order to create an arm an unstoppable army and the and the like the the kind of things you would think of from Planet of the Apes. But I don't understand why it, this would result in an unstoppable army. I mean you just throw them a mango and they get distracted. <laughs> um, chimps are actually very they're very strong and very violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah but yeah, that's correct. A gun, yeah, they would, they the, wouldn't be a very chimpanzee is is three to five times stronger than a human man. Mm-hmm. But you it's know, the, uh, still an animal. I mean, you're not going to... Uh, It'd be difficult <laughs> to train, yeah. Yeah, I would think so. I don't know. No, I do have to tell you something, Vince, and I'm very serious uh, about this. I've got a 32-inch inseam and a 37-inch sleeve length. Do you think I'm one of those monkey boys? Hmm, that explains a lot. <laughs> I actually have the same measurements myself. I have six foot four inches tall. I have a thirty two inch inseam and a thirty seven inch uh, arm length. But you no, really? I don't. 
Honest to God, it's just I am a monkey man. There's no doubt. It's been pointed out to me several times. You know, you're kind of a monkey man. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, I just, I don't know. Uh, so, so they would, because they were so strong, this would all be hand-to-hand combat? Is that what they were talking about? Well, I think they wanted to do is they wanted to have their best objective. You know, if the experiments had concluded, and some say that the Chinese actually succeeded and destroyed the evidence. Um, that the, their best hopes were to have a soldier that was um, had human intelligence and ape strength. Human intelligence and ape strength. Then most likely it would be the other way around. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no. The bad thing would be if it had human strength. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and monkey intelligence. intelligence. Monkey intelligence. <laughs> you know that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Well, no, because look, basically, I, I, his name is Kendall Norberg. So he's, he's my, my best friend in the world, and he is also well at his office. He's the vice president or one of the directors of a, of a, a company, and in his office, his professional office, there is a picture of a silverback ape. That was given to him by his co-workers because they said he reminded him of a silverback ape. So that's real nice. So, yeah, Vince, when, when Kendall and I walk down the street, it's like monkey time. There's no doubt about it. It's just unbelievable. These are great stories, Vince. How, much, how long did you have to research all this? To, you, you find these things. It's amazing. Well, the, a lot of it is some of the information. In fact, most of it's available online, of course. There's, there's several books on it. Um, and there's uh, some documentaries that cover some of There's a great show that came out. It was hosted by, I don't remember the actor's name, but he, he, he was the star. He played the crazy scientist in um, that show, Fringe. And he hosted a show called Dark Matters. And at least two of these stories appeared on there. Oh, okay. Um, the, the rest of it, yeah. So the rest of the stories, you could probably find a lot of details. I tried to get some juicy extra bits from you for you tonight that might not be available on a lot of the other shows out there for your show today. Um, but yeah, you can, you can research a lot of this online. Um, the Bat and Acoustic Kitty are both available on Wikipedia. <laughs> they don't get everything in there. Poor kitty. <laughs> um, and of course, they don't get everything in there, like I mentioned in the show, but it's, they're on there. Um, so yeah, these, these are uh, generally available to the, the public um, You know, th- through books online there's a few podcasts that cover strange history that you probably wouldn't do that would cover a couple of different things i think it's wonderful i'd love to have you back on talking about this vince this is terrific oh absolutely um i didn't even get a chance to go into uh edgar Allan Poe's, you know the theories behind the death oh wait a minute how much more do you do you have five more minutes (laughs) yeah i could probably do five more minutes if you don't mind if i can't look at my notes because i'm driving but uh Oh, well, I don't know if I want to distract you while you're driving, Vince. Or get you no, a no, ticket. I've, I've got Bluetooth on, so uh, you're fine. All right. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. If you, so, um, so, so you were talking about yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. So Edgar Allan Poe died under mysterious circumstances in 1849. All right. His uh, death day was January 19th, if I'm not mistaken. You might have to fact find that. I'm pretty sure that date is correct. Um, he was only... 40 years old when he died. He was discovered um, in front of a voting hall, or actually 
read his evidence and, and believe it or not, more for evidence always comes out, even to this day. Recent evidence suggests that he died inside the voting hall, not outside in the street or the gutter, like a lot of people right. have claimed uh, he had. This is a more interesting story, I guess, to say he was found in the gutter. But no, he was actually found inside the voting hall in the area called Fort Alton, Little Italy. He was disheveled, slurring his speech, uh, kind of uh, all over the place in the speaking. Uh, no one could figure out what he was saying. He asked for a friend of his who was calling out a name that no one recognized, other things happened. And he died three days later at Church Home Hospital in Baltimore City. All right? So a lot of this is uh, very strange. Uh, very unusual. All right. Um, now, of course, you—I'm sure you've heard that he was a drunk and a opium addict, right? And a womanizing cad, as they would have said back then. Cad. You know, uh, but the, most of those stories are not true. Um, Poe actually had a literary enemy named Rufus Griswold. And it, it doesn't that sound like a bad guy's name? <laughs> yes. Like yes, it does actually. <laughs> if you're if you're trying to think of someone, you know, just by the name alone, he would, you know, you would clearly identify him as the murderer in a bad mystery novel, you know, Rufus Griswold. Well, Rufus, um, you know, hated Edgar Allan Poe. He hated his talent. He was very jealous and envious man. He was he was a he was a scoundrel himself. He took bribes uh, from poets and writers to appear in his collection of literary works that he published. I, mean, uh, I think I think it was an annual volume or something like that. But anyway, um, he hated Poe because he believed Poe had written a negative review about one of his books under an anonymous name. Uh, Griswold hated Poe so much that the day he died, he actually published anonymously, like a coward, in a lo- in a local newspaper that Edgar Allan Poe died today and the world is a better place for it. Basically, what he said, Ooh. you know, cool. and, and, or, and no one's upset about it. Everybody <laughs> gets to paraphrasing the comments. Um, so it, it, that kind of went on for a long time. In fact, uh, Griswold went on to actually write Poe's biography and scammed his aunt out of the rights to Poe's work. So he included the biography in front of every volume. And, uh, in, in, the, in these, uh, biographies he wrote up that Poe was an alcoholic, that he was opiumatic, and that he, he was a womanizer and liar and plagiarizer. All right, none of these stories were true. In fact, Poe had a weakness uh, for alcohol. He was actually, he couldn't drink very much before he got sick. He was not, all of his friends said that he never was known to take any kind of drug. Um, you know, he considered himself a sophisticated uh, man about town. Mm-hmm. He would not have stooped to that level of uh, you know taking illicit drugs or anything like that. Um, and also, he was very happy with his, the way his brain worked, despite he was known for being depressed all the time. Um, so, there is some, a lot of theories about how Poe died, all right? Um, there's the four most prominent ones are, uh, these popular ones are tuberculosis. You may have heard that before, mm-hmm. your study or background Poe. Of course, his first wife, his most beloved wife, uh, Virginia Clem Poe, died from tuberculosis. Uh, it was a horrible disease um, called consumption at the time because it consumed you from the inside out. Um, it caused you, to, caused you to wither away and to cough up blood. It was, it was horrible. And uh, Virginia died from tuberculosis, TB, consumption. All right? 
another theory is that Poe uh, died from uh, a scandalous kind of voting fraud at the time called cooping. Uh, this is a very popular theory with uh, you know Poe historians that he was kidnapped and forced to vote for a candidate over and over again under in different disguises, different clothes. Nobody explained why his clothes were different, why he was found at the voting hall inside. Um, that he was essentially, uh, if you think that voting is weird today and it's full of fraud and scandal, it was worse back then, trust me. Um, and, and that would explain the situation he was, and he was, uh, you know, given an overdose in order to try to get rid of him because he would have fallen. Uh, that's a very popular theory. Another theory is that he was murdered, perhaps, by agents of Bruce, Rufus Griswold or another enemy of his. He had a view, all right? He, ha- he might have had gambling debts at the time. He, was, he also had possibly $2,000 on him, which is the equivalent of uh, $200,000 a day um, because he was trying to collect money for a new literary magazine called The Stylus that he was going to have published. All right? So it's possible that he was murdered for his money or murdered for revenge. And, of course, the fourth one, and the most interesting one, in my opinion, uh, is rabies, believe it or not. <laughs> Have you ever heard that one before? No. Andy's bobbing his head. Mm-hmm. He's heard, heard it. Yep. Oh, yeah, rabies is actually very deadly. Yeah, Poe was known to be a lover of animals, in particular cats. He had a cat named Pluto, of course, named after the <laughs> uh, the the uh, Greek or uh, the Greek god of uh, or uh, Roman god of of death. Pluto was his cat, and he also was known to be cats, three cats outside of his house in South Castle. All right, so um, he may have contracted rabies. In fact, there was a TV series that came out years ago called Diagnosis History, in which he would submit, if you remember that, if he would submit the symptoms of a historical death to John Hopkins Hospital and see if the doctors can figure out or conclude, you know, what was the cause of this historical figure's death based on the symptoms. Uh, but not given the name of the historical figure. So they would be, you would say, here's the symptoms of this person. We can't tell you who it is, but what do you, what is your idea about what killed them? It would be laid out like a bullet point list. This person had this, this, and this, and they died from this, and this. And they, there's, there's the, uh, the diagnosis doctors came back with, where once again, this person, they had no idea who it was, was rabies. Because, uh, uh, Poe did have, Trouble drinking water. That's one thing that's remembered. Although most of the, in fact, all of the hospital records are missing um, from those that time period. We know nothing about what they wrote down in regards to his diagnosis. But we do know that he had trouble drinking water. Hydrophobia is a symptom of uh, rabies. What an amazing story that is. So. Edgar Allan. I was going to ask you this, Vince. Do you know, I, I think Dylan Thomas was the guy that was found in the gutter, right? Dead. And I think a lot of people confuse the Dylan Thomas story because I, I believe they were both found in Baltimore. But I think Dylan Thomas was a guy that actually was found in a gutter and people just kind of crossed over information and decided it was Poe that was found in the gutter. So it's kind of like politics today. When they come on television, you know they're lying. <laughs> so that's that. <laughs> That is the yep. 
Vince, I, I look forward to the next time we have you on. I love these stories. I think everybody loves these stories. It's, you know, it's real history. Well, I'd love to put some more together for you and, and be back on again. Yes, let me know when you'd like to have me on. I, I'll cut some time for you. We will absolutely get that done, Vince. Thank, thank you very much for your time. Vince Wilson, ladies and gentlemen. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. What's new, pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, pussycat? Vince Wilson on the best of, and I need to talk with my cat about doing a little more around the house, apparently. Coming up next, we had comedian Nate Jackson in studio, and he was not really expecting to be talking about ghosts on the podcast, but he did. Next. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa! Oh, you're rocking out today. What's that all about? It's Friday. She's got her skulls on her dress. It's 90 degrees outside. I knew you have your skull dress. I didn't even know. I looked at it. I was like, oh, that's a nice outfit. Yeah, How's yeah. that? And you said, like, from here, you can't see that there are skulls. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you went like this, like, Jesus, you're right. Yeah. Lots She's of her Trente Uno de Mayo shirt. Her, mm-hmm. her yeah, husband deals in the macabre and the mysterious and the... Paranormal. Parent, yeah. Can oh, you tell him what's coming up yet? Mm-hmm. Huh? Okay, when you mention what's coming no, up No, we can't. But, so. but his TV show, I think it's supposed to air the beginning of October now. So that's the, the date, out, I think. He's out still shooting it now, isn't he? Um, not right now. He's home. Oh, he's right home now. now. Okay. Yeah, but... Um, you guys believe in ghosts? No. I'm sure you do. At least as a supportive wife. Yeah, well, yeah. I do tell him he's handsome. Oh, there you um, go. That's you no, knocking stuff down upstairs. Oh, yeah. well, honey. I do because I've had experiences and really? unexplained experiences, and I'm a skeptical believer, so I don't, every little weird thing that happens, I don't assume that it's paranormal. Uh-huh. I try and figure out what it is first. Now, can I ask you something? Sure. I'm sorry that was mid sentence, but you said every weird little thing that happens, and you looked over my shoulders if something had happened <laughs> over <laughs> And I just want to make that clear. Well, because ghosts hang out in the corner all the time that's like their favorite this particular corner maybe <laughs> yeah, well now they didn't used to but now they will um, well, if you guys are getting full coverage of this room on that camera then yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had unexplained experiences and stuff so um, I, I have to believe in something I mean I can't say that nothing happened because I you know it happened to me wow. so um, what exactly it is I don't know what happened well I've had I've had I've seen shadow people what is it? What? Shadow people. Yeah, it's, what? it's was that a black ghost? <laughs> yeah, pretty it's much. Yeah. It, well, I don't even believe in ghosts. I never heard of oh, black yeah. ones. There would be ghost slaves everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a pretty tough history here. Yeah, there would be. Well, shadow person is like it's supposed to be like a an entity or spirit that just takes a dark form. It doesn't need <coughs> to be. It doesn't doesn't mean that it's evil or bad. It's just that's the form they take. So I've seen those. Um, I've had. Uh, I've I've used equipment and had a lot of experiences with equipment, um, EVPs, ooh, which is um, <coughs> electronic voice phenomenon. Okay. But and I've had and I've listened to playback and I'm hearing voices that weren't. I'm the only one in the room and I know I didn't say anything. Really. And I hear yeah. it on a recorded device. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and I just I don't know. It's interesting and weird and I like it. You know, it's kind of interesting to me, and I don't understand this because I grew up 
a, a Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. right? So all the way through school, I went to Catholic school until I was in ninth grade, and they never, ever mentioned exorcisms or anything like uh, that. I didn't nope. know anything about that until that movie nope. came out. They're right. extremely rare. Um, really? They're, they're outlawed in a lot of places now. Mm-hmm. Oh, are they? Yeah, you can't do it. I tell you what, if any little kid started talking like that to me, I'd just start laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, she got so nasty. It's like, really? Well, the new, the new term now, and then this is with um, you know, most Christian denominations, is called deliverance. It's not an exorcism, and that's with Baptists and evangelicals and stuff like that. And that's when they have those churches and people, um, I don't know, they just kind of have a group exorcism, if that's what you want to call it, or a deliverance. Well, they do. Yeah. That's where they cast out a spirit. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's not like spirits of perversion and things like that, but I don't know. Here's my thing. Mm -hmm. What did you hear? Like, what were the ghosts saying? Um, Well, I heard them say my name. and then. Like, uh, how, though? Well, we asked if anyone is in danger in this room, and oh. it said Winnie. And my family's the only one that calls me Winnie. Everybody else calls me Cassie. So How to say it? Winnie. Just Winnie. Winnie. Was it like that? No. Winnie. It was just was it like, Winnie. Winnie! I've had I've had some I've had we were I was in Missouri and we were uh, investigating the Belvoir Winery, uh, which is the old Odd Fellows Asylum. Mm-hmm. And we were doing an EVP session. There's a winery and an asylum? It used to be an old asylum. They they tra- uh, made it into a winery. It's a beautiful place. You know how they lost their minds in the first place? By drinking alcohol. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they were really doing, nice we're having right spirits there. with spirits. That's yeah, what spirits we're doing. Ah. Um, but uh, we, I, I can't remember what the question was, but we heard a get out and then... Like somebody asked another question and it just okay, went so hold get on. out. Like so, you. Well, why? why? <laughs> <laughs> so it said get out, mm-hmm. and then somebody asked another question. Well, Were we you didn't... with all white people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew. You know, I, knew. I just you know. feel like. I mean, you've seen the movies. If somebody says get out, okay. you just heard a door like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. Say. So someone asked another question. Like, what is the next question, JB? We don't hear it until after we Where's play the it back. door? <laughs> All right, well, how do I get out? That right. way. Like, <laughs> I don't I like know. That's, it. it doesn't scare me, though. I don't get scared. So. Oh, yeah. I, I'll, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd piss my pants. <laughs> so you do that is scary stuff to you, right? Yes, oh, no, me too. I, but I just don't believe. If it. I heard a voice say "get out," I'm getting out. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, for some reason, it does not scare me when I go to a haunted location. I put my foot down right when I walk in a room, and I'm like, "You're not gonna mess with me." I mean, I just like you walk in and stop like, verbally out. Yeah. How do you, you threaten a ghost exactly? <laughs> you're not going to mess with me. Yeah. Just That's okay. Yeah. You're not, not going to mess with me. <laughs> yeah. And I don't get messed with. So it's, it's like Richard. It's like Richard Pryor said. Don't bring up Richard Pryor. I love Richard Pryor. <laughs> That's my guy. He's oh, like God is. I can't remember the whole story, but he went. He went the ghost went hello. And he went goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, My favorite still might be from the movie Car Wash when the guy started going after him for being a fake reverend, fake uh-huh. minister, and he goes, you're lucky I'm a Christian man. I'll be down there kicking in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I, I will never forget, Nate, when I bought that album, it first came out. It does piss me off, Nate, that I can't say the names of the three albums that I have by Richard Pryor. Oh, well, why can't you say them? Because they all three got the big end in them. Oh, Super? Mm-hmm. The Super's one. That 
uh-huh. blank is crazy, uh-huh. and bicentennial blank. Yeah. Yeah, three of them. I can't. I got all three of them, but I can't say the name of the albums. Well, you. I don't know if you're supposed to even own the album. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I think you got a guilty pleasure. It's cultural, cultural appropriation. <laughs> I will tell you, honest to God, this is a true story. I, I got the album. Uh-huh. I saw him on, I don't know, Dead Solid or Tonight Show or something like that. Nice. So, I mean, I got to see this guy. So I get home. Now, I have not heard any of his, uh, you know... Uh, non-TV stuff. Non-TV stuff, uh-huh. right. So I put it on the record player. My mother's upstairs. He starts with it. <laughs> right. She goes, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's not Roman Catholic, that's yeah. for sure. He's dropping the F-bomb down there. and he's. Uh, now, I thought, I, we just uh, had uh, had Richard Pryor Jr. on this show. He's the nicest guy in the world. He's had, oh, yeah? Yeah, he's a really good guy. I met his uh, I met his daughter Rain. Oh, Rain's a great person. Yeah, she is. She absolutely. I haven't talked to Rain now in a few years. She's be on all the time. Remember that, JB? Mm-hmm. I met um, that kid that was saying he was his dad, but he wasn't really. Oh, really? Mason Pryor, I think the kid's name was. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, he got all yeah. exposed. You know, my favorite of all time with that whole deal. You were talking about Prince earlier. Mm-hmm. This actually happened. That all these people started claiming that they mm-hmm. were <laughs> Prince's mm-hmm. relatives. Prince's, uh, relatives, right? This one guy who was in prison claimed that he was Prince's son, but he was older than Prince. Prince. No, that's yeah. fine. That's not going to work. He was older known. than Prince. I'm his son. But, yeah, it's unbelievable. I tell people a story. I met Prince one time at the very beginning of his career, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm in my friend's house. Owen Husney was his original manager from Minnesota here, and I'm in... Cliff Siegel's house, and they're all over there. And he walks by, and he was like literally five ones. Little like fella. He's a little fella. And he walks by, and he looks at me and goes, Hi. That was about how loud he said it, too. Really? He went, Hi. That's the only thing he said, and just kept on walking. Wow. He was, uh, he was, an, he was an interesting guy. Introvert. It's really, really too bad with the drugs, so that's, God, that's, that's terrible. terrible. I mean, what a talent. Really too bad, but. Well, that's, that's what it was, right? It was a... Opioid. Yeah, yeah it was a propofol, I think. Propofol, there you oh, go. Oh, man, that's what got Michael Jackson. Yep. Oh, yeah. no, yeah, with or Prince. Was it? No, it was fentanyl. It was fentanyl? Yeah. Um, yeah, fentanyl. Yeah, fentanyl. It's basically the, the same killing, thing. But, what yeah. they say, yeah. 600 Americans a day or something yeah, like that? I think that's right, Terrible. Yeah. Yep. Well, they're using it to lace heroin. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, so when people... They dose up on heroin, thinking it's just heroin. Yeah. There's fentanyl in there. But isn't and it like a hundred times more powerful than heroin? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Then, so, uh, and I watched his documentary, and I was watching it, and they're like, yeah, we, we kind of like it when we have laced the fentanyl with the heroin and people die on overdoses because then the they call them the junkies or the fiends. Yeah. They, they, want, they want that high. Yeah. They're like, right. oh, that's so good, it'll kill yeah. you. I want it. That's how desperate they are for drugs. It's so true. that's why they, they cut it's it with... so good, it'll kill you? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. But of course, but, everyone thinks, oh, it won't kill me. I'm, yeah. I'm right. smarter than that. Right. Or, My mm-hmm. body can take whatever. Yep. And they've had the drug binge that they survived. Like, ah, nothing can get me. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So but fentanyl, no, you take that, you're dead. Andy, is that a heart thing? Is that what happens? Uh, it's a respiratory thing. Well, it's respiratory. You just stop yeah, breathing, yeah, basically. Yeah, you just don't have any muscle control. Yeah, yeah. and then your really? heart, you go into cardiac arrest because you stop breathing. Because <laughs> you yeah. stop breathing, mm-hmm. yeah. So everyone just has heart attacks on it? Pretty much. Well, a cardiac arrest is when your heart just stops. Yeah. So it's not an attack. It just no heart attack. Yeah, it's worse. (laughs) When your heart stops, yeah, that's crazy. 
So yeah, that's why I liked beer and wine back in the day, except for not too much. <laughs> yeah. Huh. I could get a little nuts. I'm sure that's shocking to you that I could get a little crazy, but uh, it was fun. I, w- I was just at Paisley Park last Friday. Well, that's right. You said you went there. That's so right. I've been there twice now, and it it's very emotional because I'm a huge Prince fan. And just to see his guitars and everything that has come out of that, yeah. you right. know, and through his life, it's it's just amazing to see it. You know I what the second I don't worst know thing how. about Prince dying is? Now, the first, obviously, is a great musician died. Mm-hmm. The second worst thing is every national band that tours the Twin Cities insists on playing Purple Rain. Yeah, yes. they do. They they Garth Brooks. No, we don't need to hear <laughs> did he you do Purple Rain? Do. Yes, he did. Oh. Purple Rain. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He sang it his way? I have purple no idea. Rain, I had a little playing on it. I only want to be here. It's awful. Though, rain. when we were at the State Fair last year, we saw Boy George, and he ended his concert with Purple Rain, and he did Everybody ends up with a Purple Rain. But he did a beautiful job. And <laughs> Boy I thought, George makes sense. Yeah, because well. he was in that same time yeah. era as Prince during Purple Rain and stuff like that, so I thought he did a nice tribute I to him. he was dead. Boy George? <laughs> yeah. No, no, they thought he was going to die for a while because he was kind of strung out on drugs as He's well. He's back, of course. He's back. Didn't he yeah. storm off some TV show or something? He's man George now. <laughs> He's man George now. He's actually grown. phenomenal. I, I he has grown. actually really soulful blues, bluesy type. Oh, he was of, a great singer. He's just oh. kind of a wreck. But yeah, yeah if you yeah, see him live, though, I recommend seeing him live because his band and what he's doing right now is fantastic. Speaking of seeing people live, house of comedy. Come on down. As far as live entertainment that is best in person. You're not going to do Purple Rain, are you? Well, I will now. If you come, <laughs> we're playing it from the sound booth. Everyone sing along. Rolling. I'll get the house band and it'll be a good time tonight. <laughs> so the, the deal is tonight, 7.30, Tomorrow night, 7 to 9.30. Sunday at 7 o'clock as well. Uh, and basically what you're going to do is you're going to go show up for the show, and then somebody's going to have to track Nate down because he's on tour in the Mall of America. Yeah, I live there. You love, you love it. I, that was amazing. You really had nice I live thing. at the Mall. I live at the Mall. Yeah, I'm at the Radisson. I live there in a wing of the Mall. Well, that Radisson Blue is a nice, nice it is. hotel. Yeah. It is. They have no microwave in my room, though. I don't know if it's just my room in particular, but uh, I think yeah, probably it's not it's the best for uh, you. getting up hungry and trying to figure out what you're going to eat. Don't they have anything open all night? No, no, everything closes. At oh, is that right? Nothing's yeah. open all night. The, the latest you can get food is at one o'clock on Fridays across the street. Oh, is that right? Um, well, there's an IHOP over there that's 24 oh, hours. Yeah. I went there the other night. Um, the IHOP. Yeah, and it was packed. Really? At, like say two, three mm-hmm. in the morning. All the bars yep. Well, no, because oh. it's Ramadan, so all of the Muslims oh, yeah. have a yeah. small window where they're allowed to eat. Right. So it was packed. I thought it was just after was sundown. Sunset. Yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong. But I, don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is there was like five groups of 17 plus. Like hmm. huge. Oh, they were slammed. They had no one in there. It was like one server. Oh. And they were just, and everybody's like, no pig. <laughs> no pig. No pig. No pig. Guys, like it's all beef, guys. I got it. No bacon, no pork on anything. And what, I still don't understand what is the basis for for the Arabic and Jewish faiths to not eat pig? Is they it because they were filthy a, back in the day? Yeah, yeah. disgusting yeah. animals. God yeah. said yeah. you couldn't eat anything with a cloven hoof. Old Testament stuff, isn't yeah. it? God said you couldn't eat anything with a cloven hoof, so yeah. centaurs are out. No mm-hmm. centaurs. Can't eat. Centaurs. You can't eat horse though. Because their hooves aren't. Because yeah, their hooves, yeah, horse meat's but okay. Like, um, they had a lot of weird rules back in the Old Testament. Cows? Don't they have hooves? 
I don't think they're cloven hooves. No, they're not cloven. They do have hooves, but they're not cloven. What exactly is cloven? What the heck? Like a split. Like a split. A, yep. a split in there. Instead of just like a like this, it's like this. Ah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight is the night you need to go to the Mall of America, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. See Nate Jackson tonight at seven thirty or nine forty-five. A couple tomorrow night. A couple on uh, one on Sunday, seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. It was terrific having you in. I appreciate you coming in this morning. Appreciate you coming in here. Thank you for having me, man. It's been awesome. It's terrific. Great people. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Love is kind of crazy with a spooky little boy like you. Spooky. That was Nate Jackson on the best of. Coming up next, closing out the show. We're opening up the oh, oh. all the way back to episode 508 with Jeff Hassel at the State Fair. Next. I'm gonna tell you Jeff Hassel! Jeff Hassel! Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, yay! yay. Thank you, Bob. You're the best. Well, I don't know about the best. He doesn't. I don't know about the best, but all right. So we're going to call Wandering Puffin Incorporated or LLC, and we're going to book trips. Thank you. I was just talking to Lindsay about how I'm going to. You want a chair? I need a travel agent. Grab those headphones, and if you want a chair, we'll get you. All right. Oh, Jeff, you're going to get up. We need a travel agent over there now. Free trips. There it is. What is, that, what is that stuff? It's walleye it's the mac, and mac and cheese. It's yeah, but what's just, the red stuff? I don't know. I'm eating around it because no, it scares me. No, it's good. Me. No, it's really it's good. It's probably bell peppers. It looks a yeah, lot looks like, like peppers. red bell right, peppers right. to me. And it smells like peppers. Yeah. I'm no, eating are you stuffed it. up? Are you I'm sick? Yeah, I'm stuffed up. Why are you stuffed up? Because allergies? My allergies I, I are allergies For three months, I've had allergies, but then I got a cold. I think it's the glad handing out here. <laughs> now we're going to tell a little story why Jeff Passolt is here. Of course, we worked together for he many won't years. Be at my wedding. On the cake. That's right. He already stiffed you on your wedding. I, uh, hey, my niece. Oh, this is going to go well for my day. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> this year is the first time I've appeared at the Minnesota State Fair in 40 years. Last time I appeared, 1975. I was working at WDGY. And these boys. They're probably 15, 14, 16 years old. I think 16, probably. 16. We're throwing pennies at me. <laughs> throwing pennies at we me, We do right? that when you're passed out on the chair. Yeah. yeah. Try to get them in your mouth. So they're throwing pennies at me. And then, so I said, I'm not going to go back there. It's ridiculous having people throwing things at me. Oh, Jeff got a beer? No, not for everything. me. Oh, not for you. Yeah, that's okay. Is this mini Thanks. donut beer? Is that what it Many is? Many years later, I find Probably out it was Passolt and his brothers that were throwing pennies at him. Nice. <laughs> Honest to God. We were so trying to distract him when he'd go on the air. <laughs> throwing <laughs> pennies. pennies at him. But honestly, then, well, then I met you just a couple years later. Oh, this is, why pass food over me? It's not this food. It's going to get all over me. Yep. Well, don't spray it all over yourself. Act like an adult. Here's Alex. Oh, Oh, wow, wow. Wait, this has sugar on the rim. It's yeah. a mini donut beer. Mini, mini donut, donut beer. beer. It's delicious. 
Oh, I know, isn't Christ. it good? I recommend this. Here we go. Hazelden <laughs> Bound. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I recommend it. Mini Hardly. Donut Beer endorsed by Hazelden. <laughs> if you can get that endorsement, you've made it. Yeah. There you go. I get the grade. So, yeah, like, let's say a year or two after you were throwing pennies at me at yeah. the fair. Two years, because it was 1977. All of a sudden, Dave Passold, who I've known for longer, you know, Brings his little brother to play football with us at Cliff Siegel's house. Yep. Philip Wise was there. Yes, he was. Philly dog. And then I find out, you know, all these years later, then we start working together. And, you know, you remember we used to play football. I said, what? Because, yeah, I was the 17-year-old that Dave passed. I never even... I don't you know never why even connect. put two and two together. I don't know why. You probably you didn't know Dave's Bo. last name at the time. You just knew it was well, I knew it was Bo's Dave Fassel because he was oh. working with Bo. Yeah. Oh. Anyhow, so then we reconnect, and here oh, we are all these years right. later. Yeah, and now it's we've been working together for, what, 24 years? 26 years. 26, I guess. Jeez. 26 years. 88. Yeah, 88. 26 years. Yeah. October of 88. It's been unbelievable. When I uh, when you let me on there. It was just before they fired him from Carol Levis. <laughs> <laughs> Which no. never happened. That did not happen. No, it did no. not. But Jeff went to Denver for a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, 93 to mm-hmm. 96. Came back here in 96. And I was at CARE from uh, 81 to uh, 93. So. 81 to and 93. And now, now I've been back here since 96. And just the other day, the guy says, uh, great to have you back from Denver. It's been 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> great, great having you back. Time yeah. flies. Yeah, it sure yeah. does. Yeah. Well, at least they remember. Yeah, it exactly. is. So, you've been enjoying the fair this year. Yeah, I love to tell my uh, fair story. Uh, I want to hear your fair story about Ian Leonard. I've told it on uh, like KQ Ian before. Leonard. Yeah, Ian. Uh, Ian loves the fair, our weather guy, and uh, he loves to chit chat with everybody who comes by for an autograph. And sometimes, you know, we get a good crowd like this, and you know, we want to make sure everybody gets, you know, whatever they're asking for. And uh, Ian is uh, talking it up with a mom. And behind the mom is a teenage girl that's just chomping away on her corn on the cob. Was it Alex? Corn on and just oh. chomping away. And <laughs> and uh, so Ian uh, it tries to say something to the teenage girl, and she just keeps chomping away and doesn't respond to him. And he thinks he's being real funny, so he says, Well, Jeff, this is uh, Mom Susie and her daughter uh, Kathy, who apparently doesn't talk very much. And the mom looks at Ian and it says, "That's because she's deaf." Oh. <laughs> I burn. Wow! Whoa! Ah, that's the greatest. And I have to sign the autograph next. I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> oh my god! Ian, you idiot! <laughs> oh jeez! So now here's, oh, so here's, the, here's the latest Ian thing. Every night I put up a scoreboard because Ian's always talking about how he eats everything down here. Right. And I just told the producers back at the station, you know, do uh, corn dogs and put whatever number you want on it, mini donuts, put whatever number. And when it pops up right before we toss to Ian for the weather, we'll just kind of wing it and read the numbers off the board. Well, last night it was corn dogs, 52, <laughs> you know, mini donuts, 36. We get an email from a viewer today that says, there is no way Ian Leonard can eat that much food, and I'm going to call him a liar to his face. <laughs> Some guy believes it. He believes it. Yeah. Yeah. 
You guys were just filming something over here when I was walking over about an hour ago. <laughs> That's a miracle of birth. Yeah. Is oh, that what it was? I love yeah. that place. I saw your cameras over there Gross. anyway, so I don't know what they were filming. I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't see. I was Mom, looking for somebody, but I... It's the circle of life. I don't like that. You don't like the circle of life? I like the circle of life, but get, I don't want to see the afterbirth. You, you, you don't should don't deliver. Want to see the well, you well, should deliver horses. Either, you? Hey, you know... Kelsey Carlson goes over there the other day, and there's, there's going to be a calf that's born. Yeah. Our newer co-anchor, Kelsey Carlson. She's experiencing the fair for the first time, so mm. we tell her she should go there. And over the loudspeaker, <laughs> I kid you not, if you're close to the birthing uh, position, you may want to back off. There could be flying feces. Oh, <laughs> That's where you want to dial yeah, right so in. Yeah, so Catherine, get right over there. Front row. Flying feces. I'll wear a poncho. Yeah. One of my favorite stories, and I have to change the words of this one, too. When Jeff and I first started working together in 1988 on KQRS, it's a nice bag you have there, sir. Hey. There you go. <laughs> we go out to lunch one day at the Lincoln Dell. And Jeff's working at Care 11 at the time, the sports guy over there, and, you know. One thing I'll tell you about TV people is they tend to, you know, He's their right image here. is very important. No, I'm just saying, but they, because they're TV people, they can't act like jerks in public or anything because everybody recognizes them, right? Whereas radio people, you can do whatever you want because nobody knows what you look like, doesn't matter. So we're sitting That's at the Lincoln Dell, and this really old guy, now Jeff doesn't know this, but I know this guy, and I've known the guy for like 40 years. And this is the one right? on Lake Street. It's the one on Lake yeah. Street, okay. right. <laughs> and I can't tell you what I said to the man because we're at the State Fair. You're yeah. stupid. But anyway, oh, I see he's got two canes. He's coming over to the table. It's taking him a year to get over there. <laughs> and he, he walks up, doesn't acknowledge me. I don't acknowledge him. He walks up to Jeff. He goes, say, aren't you Jeff Basil from Channel 11? I went, Get lost! <laughs> and I was like, like ah. <laughs> it was the greatest look I've ever seen on anyone's face. Well, I thought you were going to tell the other one. We were sitting there having breakfast after a show one day. Oh, that thing! And I'm parked right there behind, outside the window that we're sitting by, and some old guy comes in in a Cadillac. It totally creases my car, backs up, pulls back in, parks his car and walks in. I go up to him. I go, what do you think you're doing? He goes, I didn't do anything. I go, we watched you crease my car out here. I didn't do it. Then, here's another one. Tom and I are at the oh, Lincoln God. Dell. We used to love to go to the Lincoln Dell. We're at the say, Lincoln Dell. Yeah. This was the old one on 394 and 100 where oh, the that, West End is now. I love this story. So Tom goes, to, look, at. there's a state trooper out there inside the cloverleaf. What's he doing? And as a joke, I said, ah, he's probably just waiting for some donuts. <laughs> I swear to God, within about two minutes, two another minutes. state trooper car comes up. There are two windows roll down because they're facing opposite, and the guy hands out a donut box to the other guy. It's the problem with stereotypes. You know a what? little bit of truth yeah, to them. In this day and age, you know, if we would have had the cell phone oh. going, oh, oh, that yeah. would have gone viral. Uh, it was like, like it was a huge, what was the name of that donut joint? It was a pink and white box. It was like Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin 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 it was a Dunkin' Donuts. Donuts. Yeah. yeah, it was Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. yeah. Jeff and I used to back, you know, before his schedule got huge with, uh, you know, working 90 hours a day, and I'm mine too. 90 we used hours to go a day. Out. Mm-hmm. Is that exact? Yeah, about oh. that. We used to go out and do, like, karaoke and go out, uh, oh, hang yeah. out. 
go up north together. Karaoke. It's karaoke is how you actually pronounce the word. Karaoke. Not karaoke. It's, it's karaoke. not karaoke. What is it? Karaoke. It's karaoke. I say karaoke. I say karaoke. Andy, you speak Sp- Japanese. Spanish. You speak Spanish. <laughs> Japanese. You speak Japanese. I do also it's a speak Spanish. Karaoke. That's true. He also speaks Spanish. So it's uh, what's what's the uh, how do the Japanese say it? Well, if it's transcribed correctly, I don't know how they spell it in Japanese, but it would be karaoke. Okay. Karaoke. 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 Karaoke makes you sound kind of. You're not Japanese. Did you know that? But I'm telling you, you so you're supposed to pronounce the words correctly. No. I always pronounced it karaoke as a kid. That's how they said yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Dad. Just never let's say get, it again. Let's get the audience to vote on it. Roboto. How many of you karaoke? are going to say karaoke? Karaoke? Yep. <laughs> See, she's slipping a coin. Yeah, I think of that, it. actually. Uh, but we used to go out and have so much fun. It was unbelievable. We uh, might have had a you know, beer. Maybe. Maybe. just uh, beer. We used to laugh so hard. Mm. Honestly, I thought I was going to die some weekend. We, we would start laughing about things would happen. And I don't, it was all. I don't know why it was, but there's a story we can't tell. But there's there there is a certain part of a bull's body that they make things out of. Yeah, the tail, uh, not um, the tail, peepees. <laughs> the lower unit, you can say. Yes, the lower unit. And where did you get that thing? There's a buffalo restaurant in Denver, and the owner. <laughs> I went there, and he said, here, uh, we, we've got putters that we sell. Are you kidding and, me? And it's a putter, and the thing is, like, twisted. You know, you have the regular grip on it and then the regular putter head, but the shaft is a shaft. <laughs> it's all twisted, and then they shellac it. And it looks like old, old hickory. I don't, want, I don't want that job. But no, why? No. No. That's my question. No. Well, because. it's a novelty gift. Uh. So I bring it back, and we go up north on a golf weekend, and uh, we had a, a gag prize that we set up so this guy would win it. And uh, after we're done playing the golf round, you know, there's about 12 of us. Uh, all right, but you have to do it's a lucky uh, Scottish putter. And so what they do is just like with a shillelagh, you have to lick the putter up and down. <laughs> Are you kidding? It was the greatest. So we got pictures of the guy. Oh, <laughs> nasty. Then we told him afterwards. We gave him the little card that was attached to it. <laughs> Did he punch you in the face? Uh, no. no. He had too many beers All by right. there. This is a guy, by the way. We used to have little contests, like long drive or closest to the pin or yeah. whatever. This is the same guy that was licking the putter shaft. (laughs) (laughs) We go up to see who hit closest to the pin, and there's a golf ball that's literally on the green by about a quarter of an inch. But he didn't think the same guy was licking the putter shaft, didn't think it was on the green. So he starts hollering, NC, NC. (laughs) And Jeff goes, What do you, what? NC goes, no qualify. <laughs> you mean NQ? No, he said N- he said NC. <laughs> and then we started to shake dice. Have you ever played six five four? Oh god! And so if you didn't qualify, we started calling it an NC. <laughs> so a number of years later, I'm not kidding you. There's two women at a golf course I'm at, oh, and they're shaking dice, and I hear the one woman say. NC. <laughs> I go, how do you know that? She goes, oh, we all call it that. 
<laughs> we must have talked about it on the radio and they picked it up there. That's I all I can so. figure. That's what or I'm thinking. Or a lot of people can't spell. Yeah. They do that. <laughs> NC. Oh, <laughs> God. Yeah, and he looked at us like we were nuts. Well, no quali. <laughs> no quali. <laughs> NC. Yeah, that's it, man. Yeah. So now we got to get you on the uh, Man Up show. We're kind of working yeah, together again. Yeah. That's the 29th. It's uh, the yep. show, oh, Channel 29. Channel 29. It's on at 10.30 on Sunday morning. You can be on there, can't you? Well, yeah. Yeah, it's Fox. They well, I know, but I'm just people. checking. You know, you might yeah, have... I, I, I probably could. I'm not We want to get it. you okay. on there, like, jumping out of an airplane. Uh, no, nah, that won't happen. <laughs> that already no. happened. Oh, I Poor couldn't Dan jump out of Dan an airplane. Dan out of an airplane. I, I can't jump out of an airplane. I can't I do heights. I not do that either. No. No. Too many I can't do roller coasters, motion sickness. Uh, the, yeah, I the, got the same deal. The Blue Angels have offered me the ride about three different Can't times. Do it. Yeah, like, no, eh, eh. no, Can't get it no. done. No, it's true. No. Well, I have video of me. Uh, you know, uh, Fox, uh, before, well, it might have been before we were Fox, they wanted me to do a story about how, you know, I grew up in the Twin Cities, and one of the lines I said is, hey, I've been here so long. The field trip was to the tallest building in Minneapolis, and it was the Fauchet Tower. Fauchet Tower. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they uh, they said, hey, we'll have you up on top of the Fauchet Tower. Oh. And I went, oh, you mean in that I cage remember thing? that. And I, I said, yeah, so I went up to that observation deck, and you're all caged in, and that was all right. But I come back to the station, and they go, you know, there's just too many shadows from the cage oh. and everything. But the maintenance guy said, we can get up above there on those oh. things that look like steps. And I'm like... You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> it was a windy October day. It's like thirty uh, stories, right? It's, I think it's, it's thirty is stories. Thirty? I don't even know. I think I, the building itself was twenty-eight. Okay, well, I get up there and I'm standing. There's no. I, I reach. There's a little guardrail, and it's only about up to your knee on there, and it's all loose. And I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> so then they said, well, we gotta get you around to this corner of the building because. The cameras are in these two buildings here. One of them was the IDS, and I don't know. The other one might have been a Piper Jaffrey or something. And so I had to shimmy along that thing. <laughs> I had nightmares oh. when I got done. Oh, my God. Then I crawled back. I wasn't going to walk back. <laughs> it's a metal hatch that you can get up there. Right. And I still have the video. It's, oh, the my God. The paramedics had to be called in. And why yeah. did they want you to do that? Because the, the line was, and I remember, when I, because when I went on a field trip as a kid, we'd go to the tallest building in Minneapolis, and then they cut to me, and it was the Fauchet Tower, and I'm standing on it. Was that Stu's idea? He okayed it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're understanding why. Yeah. You talked to Stu recently? I got a uh, happy birthday note from him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was yeah. your birthday a couple yeah, of weeks ago. Yeah, I, I sent him a couple of notes. You know, his folks died within about two weeks of each other. Honestly, they God. lived well into their 90s. That's yeah. pretty common. Yeah, they had a great life. And a, yeah, yeah. It is. So they were wonderful people. He, well, Stu's one of the great guys that ever yeah, went. Yeah, he is. Stu Schwartz. Tr- Stu Schwartz ran Channel 9 forever. Yep. And then uh, he just—he was just a class guy. Yeah, well, he's done very well uh, since too. I mean, he, the guy doesn't slow down in retirement. He—he uh, he has that uh, Grand Stadium TV. He does all of the contracts for high school uh, sporting events that are on television throughout the country. That's wonderful. You know, like the state hockey tournament here, yeah, state basketball, yeah. all that. He does that for a number of other uh, uh, states. Honest uh, to God. Yeah, his uh, his company has really taken off. What's really weird about this business is, you know, you work with guys, you hang out with guys, because one of the guys we used to hang out with back when Jeff was at Channel 11 was Paul Majors. Yeah. He would go, he would go up on all the golf trips and all that stuff, 
And then I hadn't talked to him for years. He moved out to L.A., obviously. Was that, was that like 10 years ago or something? Well, yeah, at it's got to be 10, at least, yeah. yeah. Is it at least yeah. 10 years? Yeah. I think so. But now, honestly, God, I hear I hear from him all the time. And, well, Mike Evans plays golf with him all the time. Yep, Mike Evans, yeah. So it's just weird how guys end up, they move across the country, but you still hear from them all the time. Well, and through Twitter, I hear from majors once in a while. Oh, yeah. you know, And then we have the, the running jokes about things that happened long right. ago, just like you and I do, you know. So uh, I'll get a little ha-ha back from him every now and then. Remember in 1995, we were on vacation, and I lived up in Dayton at the time, Dayton, Minnesota, and our barn burned to the ground. And Paul and I were going through kind of a little tiff at that time, <laughs> not getting along all that well. And so somebody said, look, I recorded this for you. Look what he said about you. He reports the fact that, my barn burned down. They show the video, yeah. and this barn is on fire. Yeah, it's, it went up. Right? Yeah. It really went up. And the story ends. He looks at the camera and goes, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that was very, very Which funny. is suspicious in itself. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you know. He wasn't seen near the, uh, the seat of the crime, was he? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think he was. Yeah. How long have you been to Channel 9 now? 18 That's years. 18 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anchoring up a storm. Yeah, and we're doing all of our uh, newscasts out here live, not just the early one. For years, we just did the early news, but we're doing... 10 o'clock? I mean, 9 o'clock. 9 and 10, yeah. 9 and 10, and 5, and let's see, the morning news out here. And we have a new 6 o'clock newscast that starts <laughs> September 8th, and that's going to be uh, Randy Meyer and Kelsey Carlson doing that. Okay, half you're, hour. Doing, you're doing 5 and 5.30? or I do... I'm going to do the 5 to 5.30. Yeah. And then Randy's going to do the 6 o'clock one. And at 5.30, I'm not sure what the plan is yet. Oh, so not going to do 5.30 news anymore? Yeah, I think we will, but I'm not sure who's doing know, what. Who's doing yeah, it. we haven't figured that out. You still but, loving it? Yeah, because it's something different every day. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to take stories that, you know, can be really bad. Uh, but let people know that you know you're feeling it just as much as the audience is too. Right. I try to view things in their perspective, and I try to write things in their perspective too. Right. Like uh, a lot of the producers uh, that we have will write some stories, and I'll go through them and edit, and or else I'll even I'll write the thing myself, and they'll say thanks for the help. You know, you really don't have to. I said, well, this is one I really wanted to put into my yeah. work. Right. Right. You know, you don't want to uh, you don't want to say something that you wouldn't normally say. So uh, we had a president one time that called that people speak. I'm going to put it into people speak. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Reagan. He'd rewrite uh, all of these scripts. Right. And there's a fascinating book by uh, Peggy Noonan, who uh, was his uh, number one speechwriter. Yeah, she was unbelievable. And she, at the time, didn't think he was very bright. and then, But he'd go in and <laughs> well, he'd hack nice. the heck out of her, her, her speeches. And it frustrated her. And that was one of the things that probably made her have that opinion. That but, he wasn't very bright. But down the road, because he changed uh, things to, we're gonna. Yeah. We're instead gonna, of, yeah. we're going to. We're right? going to, yeah. We're and gonna. afterwards, she realized he was really speaking to the people. Yeah. And they ended up calling him one of the great communicators. So uh, I, uh, I try to do the same thing. Do you I, think it's the job of journalists? Yes, Jeff Passel and Reagan. No, I try to. <laughs> yeah. I try to. I try to speak like the people do out there. Yeah. 
Hand um, in hand. Hand yeah. in hand. <laughs> well, 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 this is Jeff Passel. Everyone. Can you yeah. do Reagan? Everyone wants. Well. That's <laughs> all, Mom. Yeah. Oh. Oh. There's a guy. There's a guy that it looks like he has two black long socks with tennis balls at the bottom, and he's whipping them around in front of the bathrooms. It's quite the show. Okay, Why? run over uh, there. Thanks for that. Stop watching yeah. this. Yeah, 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 no one. Yeah. Please, please. should all go over there. Just well, kidding. It's nice seeing you. Seriously, he's better he's things by the can. Like this guy that just is like doing this. He can be your guest tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really weird. Things have gone downhill. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, Alex. Horrible. Wow. Yeah. Do you think I don't that, like that, that it, one thing that really bothers me, you guys don't do it where you are, but people, like journalists, whether they be print journalists or, or, or electronic, they change the story to fit their personal view of politics. Oh, that yes. happens a lot. Oh, that happens me. a lot. That no. makes me mad. I take great pride that on yeah. election night, uh, yeah, uh, on election night, let's say, I get just as many people not liking what I said from both sides of the aisle. Well, yeah, that's, so figured, that's good. Yeah, yeah. That figured, I figure that means I'm, I'm being pretty fair. I agree. And that's yeah. true. And, I mean, your job is just to report the news, what the news is. Yeah, not well, manipulate it. Let me, let me give you an example. Uh, we did the Ice Bucket Challenge the first day of the fair here. I saw that, yeah. Amy Klobuchar and I. <laughs> yep. Do you know within minutes of doing that, we're raising money for ALS, and, uh, and within minutes of doing that, our phones rang off the hook at the station, people calling it an ethics violation because she showed favoritism to one charity over another. Well, that, was, you, that was me. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was, I called But, yeah. I mean, you know, we're raising money for ALS. I know. It I isn't know. political, right? I so know. it just shows you that the, the people out there that are going to complain, they're they're going to complain for, no matter what. They're, gonna, they're looking for something to complain yeah, about. They can't but even do guys, something nice. I mean, you guys out here, don't you get sick of people putting their spin on stories? Their own political yeah. spin. Unless it's our spin, right? right. No, 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 no. I never spin the stories on KQR. Never. <laughs> Not at all. Is calling someone a moron, is that putting spin on? It kind of is, yes. That would be... No, that's well, telling the truth. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. Depends on who it well, is. Well, depends who we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, right. Someone I like. I always say, if you really want to get in trouble, tell the truth. So, yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's true. true. So people actually complained that there were... There, it was an ethics violation because she was promoting just one charity. Yes, yes. And you did hear that the, that the Catholic Church in where was that? She well, made them shut it down because apparently this charity supports stem cell research. So they made them stop doing yeah. the ice bucket oh. challenge here too. Oh. Yeah. I, I, it's like, come on. Yeah. Raise money for charity wherever you can. Wherever you can raise yeah, money for charity. Win. Yeah. So where are you off to now? You got. I usually. At work at two o'clock, right? Uh, one thirty. So I'm heading oh, over to our over station right now. I have uh, right meet and greet duty over there. We're right next to the giant slide. You are. Yes, yeah. I walked by there yesterday. Well, I have to walk by there to get over here. How much is that to go down that okay, slide now? One hundred and fifty, three hundred. That's one hundred fifty dollars. I think it's two bucks. Really? I'm not sure. Is that I all think it is. is. I thought it's it was a bad. lot. I thought it was I like saw, ten dollars. I saw Ian's tip too. Go down early in the morning or late at night. Because that's when they have it the slickest. That's right, because they, they wax, it? wax it kind of. Do they? Yeah, they wax it. Yeah. Oh. He said yeah. do it first thing in the morning or the last thing at night because they have it waxed for the next day and then they wax it again. When it rained the other see. day, you should have seen the crew out there trying to get that thing dried off. Because, oh, really? You know, if it's wet, those burlap sacks stick. All right, I know you got to go, but <laughs> what, right. what's the On word? On that pleasant thought. What's the word? Is it supposed to rain tomorrow all day, really? 
Uh, I don't know. It wasn't looking good last night when I was watching. Really? Yeah, that's Fox what they were saying. Well, good. So Boy, I heard you a bunch a of metal well, poles. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to. Swim. Don't worry about it. You're can hooked we, up to a le- bunch of electrical <laughs> stuff. Yeah, can we ground this? Can we? Mike from Blaine can ground it tomorrow. He can. Uh, can you handle that, Mike from Blaine? Have you ever met <laughs> Jeff Passel, Mike from Blaine? There he is. He's a good kid. How you doing, Mike from Blaine? There's. All right, well, all right. We could just walk around Jameson. Well, I'll yeah. shake his hand on hey, the, way the way out. Way. I got to go that way. Do you believe his name is Jameson Bachrock? Does he look like Jameson, Jameson Bachrock? I know some people who love your whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Passo, ladies and gentlemen. Channel Thanks, nine. guys. Good to see you all. Thanks, Thank you guys. Sorry Bye. I didn't make the wedding. But. <laughs> Much like hockey season for the Minnesota Wild, this episode is completely over on yet another installment of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast, brought to you, as always, by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week. Vince Wilson, Nate Jackson, and Jeff Passel. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week.